again, we're back with another episode of the Morning Skate, episode 215. Uh, we have a ton of shit to talk about. We have the Seattle expansion draft. We have some tr- big, big trades that have taken place. We have the NHL draft. Just a lot of things going on. It's your host, Ked. Before I get into anything, hey, guys, have you ever heard of Can I Brands? Go to canibrands.com and use promo code TMS25 to save 25% off your order. I mean, they have all different types of shit. They have creams. They have droplets. Anything to make you relax. Anything to make you feel better. It's the real deal, dude. 75% of NHL locker rooms use this type of CBD organic products. Again, topical cream, sleep aids, broad spectrum, sublingual oils, and oral sprays. That's Can I Brands. Head on over to canibrands.com and use promo code TMS25 to save 25% off your order. Again, this is your host, Ked. Thank you for listening to that. Go there. Buy it up. I'm joined by Hal. Hal, how's everything going, buddy? Good, dude. Good to be back. Um, I some people might notice uh, BizDev Dale hasn't been around. Just want to throw this one out there. BizDev Dale has retired. Uh, moment in silence. Uh, I don't know how Ked feels about that. Maybe a yeah. We're not. We're not going to give him a moment in silence. Uh, <laughs> Dale's out. Uh, Brownie is going to be stepping up and doing some business development. If you guys listen to the podcast and you want to get involved in the morning skate, reach out to us. You can either send us an email at morning skate podcast at gmail.com or message us, message us on any of our uh, social media handles, anything on those lines. Honestly, we're just looking for people that can reach out to former players, uh, current players, uh, different types of hockey businesses, get them on the podcast. Guys, it, it's, you know, I just have a lot of stuff going on, so I need a little bit of help. In all honesty, it's like two or three emails a week, which for some people that would be excessive, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that can do that. So reach out to us. We're looking for a new biz dev person. I know Brownie is going to start helping out, and I know that he's going to crush it. So I'm actually really excited about that. But any help's good help. So that's what I have on that. What were you saying, Hal? I love how we just opened our podcast, just basically seeing if we can find someone to send two emails a week. Two emails a week, but... Listen to some people that is excessive, but uh, we are going to move on. I think uh, we did our can I brands. We did our business development talk. Yeah. I mean, we have a ton of shit to talk about. So how do you just want to kind of hop into this? Let's rip it. Okay. NHL on the news. Play the- I need to get a new new videos too, but NHL in the news. Um, we're gonna start it off with the Seattle Kraken, the NHL's thirty second franchise. Did I get that right, Hal? Correct. All right, thirty second franchise took place. They had the expansion draft. Uh, there was a lot of news leading up to this. A Carey Price was exposed. There were a lot of players that were exposed that kind of sent shockwaves. I think Vladimir Tarasenko was a player that was exposed. That people were like, "What the hell is going on?" Landis Cog. Landis Scott was exposed. Just just players where, you know, we kind of saw not that long ago what Vegas did, and you're thinking, okay, well, maybe there's some side deals going on. There were rumors of side deals. And then at the end of the day, it kind of just looked like the Seattle Kraken just drafted, like, the dustiest fucking team they possibly could. I think that they're starting from the absolute bottom and working their way up. I think starting from the bottom now where here's going to be a, a, maybe their goal horn. Um, and we're, we're just going to kind of see what ends up happening. The reason I say that is I would say their premier players, probably Yanni Ward, give or yeah. take He's a really good player, but for a franchise to kind of build around somebody, it was kind of wild. Um, 
everybody thought there were going to be so many side deals, this and that. I know one that kind of came out with Rick Carpinello. He was talking about maybe the Rangers had one where they could keep Blackwell and get Giordano, and then they wheeled Giordano out on stage. So that clearly didn't happen. Uh, before we kind of – well, do we want to get into the list and then kind of get your overall opinion, or do you want to do overall opinion and then the list? Yeah, I mean, we could kind of continue. I feel like you just gave your opinion, so you basically think the crack stink. Now, I'm a little scared to say that just because last time – um, last time I said that about the Golden Knights, they went to the Cup Finals, right? Well, so I'll give them this. I'll give them this. I think that they have a, a pretty halfway decent top six, and they have a pretty decent goalie tandem. But up front, I think they're hurting. Well, they have no. They have like no good centers, which is a big issue. They, to me, to me, they definitely aren't that great. I think the Knights had more talent, uh, like up to up the lineup, but uh, I think. What happened was GMs just didn't want to make the same trades as last time. I think Ron Francis also played his cards a little too hard. Do you remember, like, way back in the middle of the season when they first started interviewing Francis and he was basically, like, saying, like, first-round picks? Like, he wanted to make side deals. No one wanted to do it. I think everyone learned their lesson. And then if you're – so if you're Seattle, it's basically do I, like – I have guys like Carey Price. Do I sign them or do I just, like – suck and have a ton of cap space and build that way like there's free agents they can sign they have a ton of money they can flip these players draft picks tank it like the golden knights to me needed to be good quickly because like no one knew if vegas was going to latch on to hockey i think it helped that they were like unbelievable yeah. right out of the gate yeah dude if vegas stunk i think it would have been a different maybe. story completely think, different vegas yeah but i think seattle's like a, a sports town and you look at like I don't know. You look at like the Seahawks, right? And I, I feel like it's just an electric atmosphere. And I feel like uh, they'll be able to hold up a team even if they suck for a few years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And their rink looks really like sick. I don't know if you saw the pictures of like, I don't even know if it's like real life yet at the inside of the rink. It looks pretty, pretty sick. I also, um, I, we probably talked about this way before and now we're really off the rails, but I just think red and baby blue is gross. Oh, you see, love I, it. I, I think red and baby blue is like, Cool. I mean, that reminds me of those Little League teams in the Little League World Series back in the day. Like, North, I think Northeast used to wear baby blue and red, and I'd be like, fuck, I wish I was on that team. Yeah, but their red's, like, kind of harder than that red. I know the exact jerseys you're talking about. Those are great jerseys. I agree. Great uh-huh. jerseys. I don't know. I just don't like the jerseys as much as most people do. And I'm an aquatic guy. Like, I do love the ocean. Like You do, dude, and you're a great swimmer. You really are. You're uh, Actually, uh, how something I've been working on in my off season. Uh, is practicing going underwater without plugging my nose, and <laughs> and I'm there, dude. Uh, I I mean I, I got a new new girl in my life who was a swimmer, and she told me that was absolutely like borderline deal breaker. So I've just been like drowning myself in the bathtub, and you know I've I've gotten pretty halfway decent at it. So it's just something that you know you can pat me on the back if you want, um, but if you don't want to, we can continue moving on. I do have a question. And we're going to kind of get into it in a little bit when we talk about trades with Arizona and Arizona just continually taking all these dog shit contracts and shit. Do you think that this is something that Seattle might do for the first couple of years to get the stockpile of those picks and do it? Because, I mean, they have a ton of cap space. I think I'm looking at right now is Yanni Gore. He's making 5.1. Giordano's Eberle. making 6.7 for the last year. And then Eberly is making 5.5. It's so they really have two – if you think about it, they have two big contracts for a while. Uh, 
like Giordano's up at the end of the year. Like Brandon Tanev, I think is like a four or five year deal at like three and a half. But that's like doable. You know what I mean? Alexiak is five years, four point six. Like nothing, nothing excruciating. Like, like they have money. Kale McCarr just signed for nine mil. Uh, Seth Jones just signed for nine point five. But they don't have any giant. Giant contracts like that. I mean, Gabriel, according to Gabriel Landeskog's agent, Gabriel Landeskog wants like what nine years or like nine mil for six years or something like that. I don't know how many teams have the ability to do that or should do that. But the Gabriel Landeskog wants a Bryce Harper contract. The guy wants to make $35 million a year at the end of the day. Who? Gabriel Landeskog. Like, yeah, what, a what, lot. What is he going to be making that much money? He's a great player. Uh, we can kind of get in that in a little bit, but let's, let's kind of let's go over the roster real quick. They got Hayden Flurry from the, from the Ducks. Tyler Pitlick, which they uh, they packaged over to uh, Calgary. Jeremy Lazan, your boy Lazan. Uh, Will Borgen, Mark Giordano, Morgan Geeky, John Quenville, Jonas Donskoy, Gavin Bayreuther. That was the Columbus pick, which was kind of weird because everybody thought Max Domi was going to be going, and they picked some dude that nobody's ever heard of. Good for you, Gavin. The only Gavin I know is Gavin DeGraw. Um, and then, I mean, we'll start with that little chunk of people. I think – I like that they picked Giordano, and I like that they're keeping him because, like, your team can suck, but you still want somebody to be the face of it. Like, they can't just be an absolute dumpster fire. You have to have somebody who's been there and done that. He's won in Norris. He's still a very capable defenseman. I was pumped when I saw the rumor that he might go to the Rangers. Apparently, that's not happening. But out, out of that group, at least, are you – I mean, Hayden Fleury's really good. You are f- you – so that I, – I was going to ask you, are you, like, Team Fleury, brother? Like, I, they're kind of irrelevant to me. I don't think it's a bad – pick up for 1.3 mil a year i think he's a top six defenseman in the nhl yeah dude going back to uh going back to giordano i know that they're gonna keep him right now but i i just think it would be foolish and i know you need a face of the franchise but at the trade deadline like come playoff time there's gonna be so much value there Uh, and it's his last year of his contract i'm sure the kraken will be able to eat like three mil but the team can be under the salary cap and get more in return. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And, 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 and dude, that's a great point. If you kind of look up and down this roster, I'll give you a couple other names. I mean, I think wheeling people at the deadline for a team looking to make need a little bit of extra grit or a little extra depth. You have guys like uh, Don Squay who's playing the playoffs before you have guys like Cal Yarncrow, Colin Blackwell, uh, Jared McCann could be a player. I mean, Mason Appleton, you have guys in your, in your roster where deadline comes around. You're really not doing good. You're looking at the contracts. They might not be there for that much longer. Those are guys you can deal to get more pieces in the next coming year's drafts. Right. And on top of that, with all the cap space and whatever free agents you have coming out, I think this, this is going to be the long, the long play where Vegas was like, we're going to stick it to him. I think Ron Francis is like, okay, let's kind of buckle in here and see where we're at. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And I think if you look like that first chunk, they have some good defensemen in there. I'm going to miss Jeremy Lazan. It's kind of ended up like being a whipping boy, but I loved him. So I think he'll do well there. I think he'll probably be their sixth or seventh D. People have him as the seventh D. I think he's the sixth. John Quenville, dude. Like, that was the other name. When I saw John Quenville's name getting drafted, like, he was irrelevant in the AHL last year, I think. Like, what is that pick? That's like we just – is that – Ron Francis being basically like, hey, like we don't want anybody from you guys, Blackhawks. Let's take an AHL player to be like the captain. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember if this is accurate or not, but I want to say that he was allegedly in a relationship with a girl that went to Siena. Did he play for the for the Rats or the Devils for a bit? Yeah, he was yeah, a that, that would check out then. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but that kind of set the tone for the draft. I don't know if you want to go to the next chunk. 
Yeah, uh, the stars, Jamie Alexiak, like him. Uh, Dennis Cholowski, Adam Larson. Uh, I thought this was weird. The Oilers were about to give him exactly what Seattle gave him, and he picked Seattle over Edmonton. I guess he just wanted out. I think he was done for the Taylor Hall, Adam Larson, one-for-one, Bobby Mack. Uh, Isn't that crazy that that's the reason why he, like – I saw – I heard that, too, that he was basically, like, people said Adam Larson – Never liked being in Edmonton because he always got like compared to the Taylor Hall trade. I get it. Yeah, because Taylor Hall ended up being an MVP like not that long after. You know what was crazy too is I, I somebody said or I saw it tweeted the other day. Taylor Hall was saying how 2010 draft like before the first overall pick there was like 17 cameras on Sagan and there was four on him and he thought the Oilers were gonna take Sagan first overall and he was gonna go to the Bruins. And then it flipped around, and, like, the Bruins won a cup, and, like, he tanked. But, like, if the Edmonton Oilers went the other way, like, do they even have Connor McDavid? Like, you know? It's kind of crazy how shit like that works out, how, like, that weird decision to go haul over Sagan, which I think was actually the right choice at the time. There's a lot of weird draft stories. I I saw a clip uh, that night that the draft happened, and they were talking about number ones and number twos. And how when Alexander Day got drafted, he said that nobody would remember who was picked number two, and like it was Chris Pronger, and it's like, damn, Day, like yeah. you, you kind of fucked that one up, man. Yeah. Oh, and I know, so this is irrelevant, but um, Pavel Zadina, the Red Wings pick, who said he was going to earn it a few years ago after getting drafted six overall. Do we have an update? Is he earning it? I think I th- I think he's an NHL guy now. I think he's going to be in there, and we'll, we'll kind of see what ends up happening with him. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yarncroft, good player, too. We didn't really bring him up. But I think you mentioned him before. That's like a solid – that's like a – I thought he might go to, like, Vegas at the trade deadline. I think that was a thought that I had at one point, and he seemed like he would fit in with them. So I think that will be a good pair. Yeah, and, uh, dude, I get shit for not knowing how to pronounce players' names. Is that Chris Drieger? Yeah, yeah, he was okay. like the weird Florida goalie. Yeah, yeah, I just want to make sure I pronounce his name right. I think that was a good pickup by them. I still can't believe they didn't get Carey Price, but if they're doing it this way, I understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess like they just knew that they didn't want that contract, like the $10 million for a couple of more years. I thought it was funny. You see Carey Price's uh, wife was like telling people on Instagram, like not to worry, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, does everyone know right away? I don't know. I thought that was just that Ber- we talked about this pre-podcast. I think Bergman, 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 Burger Boy. I think he's just kind of flexing on everybody. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna expose Carey Price." And then the next day, he's like, "Oh, by the way, Carey Price is like really hurt." And then that kind of went away. The expansion draft happened, and then it's like, "Oh, never mind. Carey Price just had surgery on his knee, and his hip's actually okay. He's gonna be fine." Yeah, go figure. Just kidding. Yeah, uh, Curtis McDermott, I guess there was a connection between him and Ron Francis. Uh, Carson oh. Soucy. Curtis McDermott, sorry to cut you off again. I, Curtis McDermott, to me, was a really good pick uh, just because he's like nails. He's not a very good defenseman. I remember people were saying that they should have taken Nicholas Haig. It's like they already have a ton of, like, number four defensemen. Like, Curtis McDermott can fight. Like, he brings an edge. It's like when the Knights drafted Anglin and Reeves. Those players do not grow on trees. Like, ask the Rangers in the contract they're throwing them. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit, bud. You, you just couldn't wait. Uh, Kale Fleury, Cal Yonkro, and then we have Nathan Bastion. I actually really like the way he plays. Jordan Everly, Colin Blackwell, Joey Decord, Carson Tor- Tornsky, Brandon Tanev, and Alexander True. 
Uh, I think Tanev is going to be sick in Seattle. Like watching Seattle play Vancouver and just watching Tanev just bury people. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Con Blackwell's, you know, he's going to get his, he, he had a great year last year and now he's going to really get an opportunity to see if that was real deal or not. I'm happy for him. Eberle's gone. I would have thought they would have taken Josh Bailey. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Right? I, I was confused. I like, I thought for sure Josh Bailey wasn't going to be on the Islanders and they ended up pay, taking Eberle, but no, I, on that, like, I thought, I thought about that one a lot too. Um, he scores a ton of goals, right? So he's skilled, and I guess they have a bunch of grinders, so maybe they thought he's more of a goal scorer than Bailey is. I don't know. Also, if you're an Islanders fan, like now you have Eberly's gone. What are you going to have, Komarov on the first line again? That's tough. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I honestly – that kind of – that blew my mind a little bit. And then they have Vince Dunn, who's a good piece. He's an RFA. Yanni Gord, who actually is like 28 or 29 years old. I didn't know that. Uh, Jared McCann, who the Leafs picked up just so that they wouldn't fuck with anybody in the roster, like Kerfoot, Cole Lind, uh, Vanishak from the Capitals, who's pretty halfway decent goalie, and Mason Appleton. Uh, again, some names that were kind of left off. Domi, you could have taken Domi. You could have taken Tarasenko. You could have taken Voracek. You could have taken Price. I don't know why they didn't take those guys and flip them. Well, I think the issue that they're having is like, there has to be a reason that the Blues can't trade Tarasenko. Like, I just don't think. I you don't mean, think oh, well, no, never mind. Never mind. Well, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. But do you know what I mean? Like, that's a hard move. Like, obviously, the Blues are having a really hard time getting <laughs> rid of them, and they're willing at this point to just get rid of them for free. So then, like, I don't know. Like, are the Kraken going to be able to do it? It's a weird one because you think like he would be like the face of the franchise if he went there, though. Yeah, and if you move him with all the cap space you have, you could totally retain some of that and make that even more positive in return for what you're getting compared to what the Blues would be able to do. The Max Domi one, same with that. Like they just took some dude that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, do you think Max Domi sucks? Maybe. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because you remember his like highlights. Like training for the draft were so sick. And then he even, I think his first couple of years, he's pretty decent. And then it's almost like he became more of a headache. Like ever since he got the Instagram name at Max, like, you know, he definitely paid for that. Like is, maybe he's a little bit too big for his britches. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know that was his Instagram handle. I just know that it seems like he's like always like on the move or like in a doghouse or like onto the next spot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How who's your, who's your favorite Max in the world? What? Who's your favorite Max in the world? I don't know. I like people that go by Maximilian. See, that's crazy to me. I thought for sure you were going to mention the dude from Catfish. Which one is he? Is he the is he the videographer? Yeah, I know. Remember that guy's name, dude. I just know his face and his fucking attitude. You know, <laughs> he's off, like shut shut up, Max. He's, he's off the show now. Now they brought in a girl named Whoa. Andy. Yeah, Whoa. Max is gone. That show's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Crazy to me. Do you ever think about how much MTV's fallen? Like, like I know it was never like actually good television, but it was really good shitty television. Yeah, and now it wasn't good television. Jersey Shore, Flava Flav, dude. Is VH? That's VH1, dude. Don't cross okay. them over. But still, point applies. Like now it's just like Rob Deerdeck reruns. That's yeah. all it is. And it's not even ridiculousness now. Now it's like a different thing. Like it has to do with food. It's crazy. Who who would have thought? <laughs> But uh, where do you see Seattle finishing up the year? Last, dude, I told you this. I'm I'm anti-Seattle. I think, uh, to me, Ron Francis made it clear he doesn't care about <laughs> winning that much this year. It will be interesting, though, because they have that money. Like, 
Uh, Phil Deneau, that's kind of the interesting one. They're weak up center. Like, he kind of wants a little bit of money. He might fit well on an expansion team. They have money to throw around. So I, it's hard for me to say, can I wait on a prediction until free agency is over to see if they do anything? Yeah, I'm good with that. And that's a great name, by the way, that you just brought up. I think Philip Deneau, he's going to find a spot where people are going to give him a decent amount of money. So we'll, uh, we'll end up seeing what goes on there. But let's kind of get into our trades now. We're actually going to start from the most recent and work our way backwards because we're fucking idiots. Or, or, or do you want me to scroll down and scroll up? I could also do that. Dealer's choice, dude. Let's just go most recent. Fuck it. Okay, the Florida Panthers acquire forward Sam Reinhardt from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a 2022 first-round pick and goaltender Devon Levy. Um, I think this is a good deal for the Sabres. I know I'm probably going to get shit for that because they got a bigger return for Rasmus Ristolainen. All right, Stevie. Um, hey, that's the doggy doorbell. Hey, stop. Chill out. Uh-oh. Hey, chill out. So, to me, I think this kind of works out because they get the first overall pick and – they also get a goaltender, which is something that like that they've needed for a really long time. Uh, what do you have on this deal? Yeah, and I don't know, man. I, it's kind of it's kind of like a light return uh, on the Florida perspective. Florida is getting weird to me. So like Sam Reinhart, Sam Bennett, it's just kind of like a weird crew. I don't really know how I feel about the Panthers and why they did this trade. Uh, you know what I mean? They're like just the weirdest group of like former like top ten picks. Yeah, it's so I, strange. Like even Hubido to me is like kind of a weird one. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where I just kind of after this happened, I looked at their depth chart and I I kind of added Reinhardt to it, and I'm I'm like sitting there thinking I'm like, does this team still have what it takes to beat Tampa? And I just don't think they do right now. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I the, think that's good the, for the Sabers. I think it's. I think this is a good deal. For, I think Kevin Adams is actually doing kind of a kick-ass job for the Sabers right now. And the goalie, the goalie that was the the goalie for Canada at World Juniors. He goes to Northeastern. I think he was like a late round draft pick, but um, I think he had like a nine fifty save percentage at World Juniors or some shit like that. So he, I mean, good for the Sabers. I think that's. It sucks because Reinhardt was like a top three pick, um, but I think it's fair. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm okay. I think it's. I don't know. I think Sam Reinhardt scored 25 goals, I think, this year. And so good on the Sabres for trying to finally, like, fully rebuild again. Like, yeah. I know they've done it before, but they're going back to the poorhouse. Mm-hmm. Which is what they need to do, and hopefully they're doing it the right way. <coughs> um, the Flyers acquire Cam Atkinson from the Blue Jackets for uh, Voracek. So it's been pretty known that the Flyers have been trying to get rid of Voracek. And then Voracek came out and said he wanted a trade. That was like a quick, I'm going to break up with you before you break up with me. But we already kind of knew that they were going to break up with him. Uh, I think Cam Atkinson is definitely going to help the Flyers lineup. Voracek is going back to Columbus. If, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was drafted there, right? Yeah. I don't know if he liked it there either, which is like the weird thing. Maybe he did. He probably did because John Davidson wouldn't approve of that trade, right, if he knew Voracek hated it there? Yeah. No, I, I, I think so, too. And, like, I don't know. Everybody talks about Evgeny Malkin and, and Sid the Kid and, like, they like that's their kind of era. And I always thought that Voracek was, like, very underrated for that era. Like, I actually really enjoyed watching him play. Like, he would drive the net. He, he would stick up for teammates. I thought he scored some big goals. I don't think he was in the same world as those two players, though. No, but I think in that era, like, I just think he was, like, incredibly underrated. Obviously, he's not Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin. I'm just trying to, like – yeah, I get what you're saying. You've always been a big Voracek, Patrick Alias guy. Never been a big Patrick Alias guy. 
Yeah, that was slander. I don't know. This trade's kind of irrelevant to me, honestly. I, I really like Cam Atkinson, the player. He's getting older. We'll talk about it. The Flyers made a ton of moves. I really don't I, – I, the Flyers are crazy to me, right, as an organization. They're kind of unhinged, and they always like to show it in weird ways. It's kind of a nothing trade to me, though. I feel like both players are on the downtick of their career, and I feel like both players are probably going to produce at a pretty similar clip. Uh, maybe a change of scenery is good. I would agree. Uh, I don't have much on this one. The Blue Jackets got Jake Bean from the Hurricanes for a second-round pick. I don't know much about Jake Bean. Do you? Yeah, I think he was like either – I think he was a first-round pick. Uh, I mean, to me, the Hurricanes are loaded on D. Uh, they don't really need the kid's second-round pick. That seems fine. Okay. Uh, this is a big one. The Chicago Blackhawks got Seth Jones, a first-round pick, and a sixth-round pick from the Blue Jackets for Adam Boquist, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. And then Jones was signed to an eight-year, $76 million contract. That's 9.5 a year. There's been a lot of hate on Seth Jones on Twitter this year. And I think – Yeah, and I don't know. I don't watch a lot of Blue Jackets games, so I'm just kind of assuming that the hate was, like, okay. But when he was younger, he was sick. And – Never forget that one game that he played like five fucking periods of hockey. Uh, what do you have on this? I think this is actually good for the Blackhawks. They're, they're, they got rid of Duncan Keith, and now they're kind of bringing in a different guy. Hopefully they, they, he could be kind of the staple of their next kind of realm of people coming up. Also, a cool report came out that Jonathan Taves, he just had like an immune kind of thing, but he might end up coming back. He probably is going to come back. I'd love to hear that. I'd love Jonathan Taves. So what do you have on this one? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh... – I guess I don't really want to make a prediction because, like you said, like Twitter crew, analytics crew, they all hate Seth Jones this past year. They said it was a huge overpayment. Um, So this, to me, is like one of the ultimate tests of like if hockey Twitter is right or wrong, right? Like there's this strong narrative that Seth Jones sucks. I want to see how this one plays out first. Like I was always a believer in him coming up through USA program. He always looked good. Like I don't know, man. I nine like nine and whatever and chunk of change is a lot of money. But I always thought of him as a top 10 defenseman. Like, he was always in the top three for Norris for a few years. I know he fell off one or two years. But I think it's a gamble. It could work, right? Yeah, it could work. Or he's just going to be a contract that goes to Arizona in, like, six years. Yeah, the, the other thing, though, that was funny, looking at, like, the top NHL defenseman contracts and that are out there, they're all pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like most defensemen sign on good contracts, and if you overpay, it backfires. Like, Carlson, Burns both take, make a shit ton of money still. Uh, not to pick on the Rangers, Truba makes eight. That yeah. that was kind of crazy to see. I don't know. OEL, who got traded next, we can transition to him. He makes like eight something. Yep, so the Vancouver Canucks acquired Alvin Ekman-Larsen and Connor Garland from the Coyotes for forwards Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Antoine Roussel, and a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a seventh-round pick. So this was just Jim Benning. Do you remember that one offseason? They went out and got Roussel. He went out and got Beagle, and everybody's like, what the fuck is he doing? And then a couple years later, he moves him. So – what, what do you have on this one? I, In a weird way, I kind of think this works out for both teams. I don't know why, but what do you have on this? Yeah, I think the first thing, it's this is so Coyotes, right? Like, the place where careers go to die. Like, if, you get, if you're over 30, like, three years old and you have a big contract, um, which, all, <laughs> like, remember, remember everyone was like, Beagle and Roussel are going to bring grit to the Canucks after Beagle won the Cup and they signed him for, like, four years. Well, they just traded him for basically cap space. Yeah. Uh, and OEL. I don't know. I, like, it sucks as a Coyotes fan that you had to, like, 
get rid of OEL, who's supposed to be like the face of your franchise, but you lost the, the draft pick because I tried because of shady business. Now you have one back. I like that. OEL's overpaid. Like I was never he was linked to the Bruins a lot, and I was never that pumped about the idea of getting him. Um so I, I don't know. I think he could be good on Vancouver, and then you throw in Connor Garland, who I love. Yeah. Right. So I, I think I think you're right. It kind of works out for both teams. It'll be interesting to see. OEL's contract could fuck the Canucks, I think, though. Yeah, and like if you're an overpaid NHL hockey player, how good does it feel knowing that like at the end of your career, if you still don't have it, at least you go get to live in Arizona for a couple of years. Yeah. You know what I was just thinking about though? OEL could also just be like a great Canucks defenseman. Sammy Sallow. Uh, fuck. Come on, can you help me out, please, the Swede? Uh, Edler? Yeah, Alex Edler, just like European defenseman who like play with like a good poke check and first pass. Could work out that way. It's very soft of them. Uh, like they have very softy. Him and Quinn Hughes aren't going to scare anybody, but interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia went out and got Rasmus Ristolainen in exchange for Robert Haig, a first round pick and a second round pick. All the analytic people hate Rasmus Ristolainen. Like that's like a thing. Like he's one of the most hated players if you like computers. Uh, pretty high prospect when he was drafted. Finn, big body, plays a little bit mean. I think the Flyers kind of overpaid here a bit. Um, but good for the, good for the Sabers, and maybe this is what he needs to kind of get his career back in order. It's got to suck playing for a team that loses every year. Yeah, no, I I thought I thought this one through a lot. I also like Rasmus Ristolainen. I think he kind of plays with Snarl. Um, I think he needs to play sheltered minutes a little bit. I don't think he's like as great defensively as people thought he might be. But that's okay if you can find a spot in the lineup for him. If I'm a Flyers fan, I think it's an overpayment, but I'm I would be excited. I would be excited uh, to kind of see what he brings. It's gonna be like Buster or a success. I don't think there's really gray area there. Yeah, and actually, I'm just we're just gonna go. We're gonna do all the flyers really quick. They also traded Shane Gossespierre and a second round pick and a seventh round pick to Arizona for future considerations. So they just yeah. they got rid of their cap space on the ghost. This has been a t- long time coming. Where careers go to die. I know, um, Shane Gossespierre, dude. Do you see a comeback in the desert? I don't know. I don't. Bro, he was good. He was, he was good. Really good. He, he was lost really good. it. I think he kind of snapped at the media in the bubble, which was kind of funny. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I think he freaked out. I don't know. I think for if you're an Arizona Coyotes fan, you all you do is eat draft or caps hits from like old players. You get a second and a seventh. You give up nothing, and you get this player who might be successful. Like I could see Gosses Bear going out there, putting up points on the power play with Clayton Keller, and then like getting traded for for like a second or some shit again. You know what I mean? I would love to see that. Good union. It'd be a good. I would like to see something along those lines. And the Flyers, they also weren't done. They they got Ryan Ellis from the National Predators in exchange for uh, Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick. I love Ryan Ellis. I've always liked Ryan Ellis. I have a thing about like little defensemen that play hard. Ryan Ellis is one of them. The the guy in the Calgary Flames, the Swede, uh, is Rasmus Anderson. Like I just yeah. love those little defensemen that kind of play with a little bit of snarl. So if you're looking at the Flyers, you gave up a lot, but you ended up getting Ryan Ellis, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, and then who was the other one we talked about earlier? And Cam Atkinson. And I think those three players, I think that makes your team better. And it sucks that you kind of gave up on Nolan Patrick. And I know he's had like migraine and head issues and stuff like that. 
but I think it was almost time to do that. Um, if I'm a Flyers fan, I'm kind of pissed with how much I had to give up, but I think your team's better today than it was at the beginning of the offseason. Yeah, I guess. Dude. My only thing, like, Ryan Ellis is like 32, and I think he has a good amount of years left on his contract. He's small, dude. Like, like I already saw – I felt like I saw a tick off Corey Krug's game this year with the Blues. Like, small defensemen don't last long. A lot of mo- – they just acquired a lot of money. I, I And, like, to me, do you think Philly – do you think Philly's like a Stanley Cup contender now? Like, because it all – the other thing is it all comes back to Carter Hart. So, like, they did all of this, but if Carter Hart can't stop a beach ball, again, it, like, it's irrelevant. But if Carter Hart's rookie year Carter Hart, then, like, they, they could be great. Yeah, the, the Flyers are always interesting. Every year we kind of think they're going to be good and then they're not. So That's why I don't want to buy the hype, dude. People forget when a- Alan Vigneault and the super team of coaches went in there. It was supposed to be, like, cups automatically. Didn't happen. Uh, and Nolan Patrick was not on the Predators for long. He was flipped to the Vegas Golden Knights for Cody Glass. I don't know why Vegas would give up. Is Cody Glass supposed to be pretty good, right? Like I would yeah, much rather have Cody Glass and Nolan Patrick. They're, Cody Glass uh, is made of glass, so Nolan Patrick's always injured. Cody Glass is always injured. They're both top prospects. Maybe a change of scenery for both, but Cody Glass has not been like as good as advertised. <laughs> okay, good to so know. I think, I think it's pretty fair. Um, oh, you know what's funny? I didn't even see this one because you went through those trades. Andrew Ladd. So the, the Coyotes acquired Andrew Ladd for a second. Uh, a conditional second and a conditional third. From the Islanders, dude. What a fucking day for the Coyotes, right? And that's what happens when you cheat and you get your draft picks taken away. You have to just eat contracts. Right. And But the funny thing is, is I feel like once they're done eating contracts, they won't even spend to the cap. Mm-hmm. Like they just ne- weird t- weird scene. <laughs> it's a vicious circle that that the Coyotes do every year. It's 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 kind of wild and a little bit crazy. But I mean, I'll figure it, it out, dude. It's death taxes and the Arizona Coyotes taking bullshit contracts. It's <laughs> life. Um, here's one. I love this. The Detroit Red Wings acquired goaltender Alex Nedeljkovic from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Jonathan Bernier and a third round pick. Uh, I mean, they asked Steve Eisenman about it, and he's like, you don't ask me, you should ask the other guy in terms of what was going on in that. I think Zeltkovich wanted 3.5. No, he wanted around 3, but was willing to take 1.5, and Carolina didn't want to do that. This is Dundon. This is this guy who takes away the cell phones from his scouts. This is a guy who's more interested in wiffle ball games and backboards at center ice after a win than, I mean, dude – this kid came out of nowhere. You finally have a goalie and then you get rid of him and your backup plan was Bernier and Mrazic and something just came out that the Mrazic talks aren't really working out. Yeah, that's crazy. I So Nadelkovic was a, was a Calder finalist this year. He was top three in rookie of the year voting and they flip him for, for Johnny Bernier in a third round pick. Wild move. Yeah, Dundon kind of flexing on us. Like we talked about Bergevin being a wild card, I think. Uh, we always talk about Melnick, but can't forget Dundon down in Carolina. It's insane. Like I, I, I still can't believe that they wouldn't lock this kid up. Like You have your goalie of the future. And all the Hurricanes have ever needed is a goalie. Yeah, and all you would have had to pay him. I think he signed in, in Detroit for 3.5 for two years. Yeah, that, I mean, unless unless you're the, the GM, like what if like Rob Brendamore goes up to the GM and he's like, Nadelkovich gives me Matt Murray vibes. What yeah. if they didn't believe in him? I don't. It's not like he showed out in the playoffs. 
I think this is just money. Because even with Brindamore, like Brindamore never should have been on the coaching block, and he was because they didn't want to bring back and pay all of his assistants. Yeah. I don't know. Tight budget. I, don't, I know about you, but I love when the Hurricanes burn. So, I'm do you think? That. Do you think Tom Dunn shops at uh, Ocean or Ocean State job lots just because he loves deals? He probably owns Ocean State job lots. You love Ocean State job lots, which is the weirdest thing to me. I think you literally have a tweet out there that says, "I love Ocean State job lots." No, it's Ocean State job lots, Fox. <laughs> Don't get it twisted, dude. Why do you feel that way? Because you can get like dumb, cheap shit. Like really cool stuff for like ten dollars. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Um, and then we have a couple other ones. New Jersey Devils got Ryan Graves from Colorado Avalanche for Mikhail Maltsev in a second round pick. Ryan Graves was the guy that the Rangers didn't take. They'd rather have Rob O'Gara. He went to Colorado, kind of blossomed there. I think this is a good deal for the Devils. I actually really like Ryan Graves. Um seeing this now maybe that maybe the abs knew they had to kind of get rid of some money to extend cam mccarr they just signed him six years nine mil a year uh what do you have on this one yeah i don't know i think if you look at the abs um ryan graves is a great defenseman he's probably their fifth or sixth defenseman you can't pay fifth or sixth defenseman the money that ryan graves is going to be owed you have a great d core you have bo byram who was like sitting in the press box for games Second round pick out of that, I don't hate it. Like I think if you're the Avs, you're always trading because you're a contender trying to get better. You get a pro, you get like a prospect in the future, and then if you're the Devils, that's a good defenseman for them. So when I think it's a trade win for both. One of those happy ones. Yeah, I'd give you that. And then we have we have one more deal before we kind of get into the the two young defensemen making their money. Uh, the Oilers got Duncan Keith and Tim Soderlund from the Blackhawks for Caleb Jones in a 2022 conditional. I don't know what the fuck the Oilers are doing, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I don't know, man. Like I I can't believe we didn't talk about this one already. I guess that shows how many podcasts we've done because I forgot about this trade. Um Yeah, it's crazy that like the Blackhawks are basically like I feel like the Blackhawks thought they were gonna do like a Duncan Keith to Arizona trade. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then like and then it comes out like no, like you act they're actually gonna like have to trade like assets there. Wild to me. Good for the Blackhawks. I feel like who's the Blackhawks GM? Everybody hates him. Stan Bowman. Yeah, everyone hates Stan Bowman, but to me that's not a bad trade, no? Like if you're a if you're a Blackhawks fan, like you're free of them. You get Caleb Jones, who's probably like an offensive defenseman third pair kind of option, but you lose that contract. Good. Yeah, and and now Seth Jones and Caleb Jones can throw out the first pitch of the Cubs game tomorrow. And and if you're a Blackhawks fan too, Nikita Z- uh, Zadorov uh, didn't get selected in the expansion draft, so now you're looking at your D there, and like you lost, I don't know, you lost Duncan Keith, and like he was a warrior, but like I don't, I think that's a good turn. Like I like the, what the Blackhawks are kind of doing, which I don't think I ever say. Oilers' perspective is fucked, though. Yeah, if you're looking where the Blackhawks were not that long ago and you look at where they're at now, they're in a way better spot. Yeah, no, 100%. And then the, who's the um, – Ken Holland's the GM of the Oilers too, right? Yep. And Ken Holland's the guy who basically ruined the, the Red Wings after all of their success. Like, I don't know. I think I, – I could be wrong. Like, I know he was definitely around when they won Stanley Cup, so someone's probably going to yell at me for this. But I just felt like the way Ken Holland left Detroit was sad, and I feel like all he's done since coming to Edmonton is be just as shitty as Peter Shirelli. 
Why? What is wrong with that organization? I truly don't know. You have two unreal superstars there and, and some younger draft picks. You think you'd be able to figure it out? I think they try too hard. I don't they know. try too hard, dude. Like, Duncan, if they could have, like, if Duncan Keith went to Arizona and got, like, bought out and then they signed him as a free agent for a low cap hit, that works. But I just don't, I don't get it. Like, and then you think about, like, just asset, like, how they handle their assets. Like, you trade a Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and then you lose him in the expansion draft. That's what he meant to you. Like, I don't know. <coughs> it's definitely some weird shit. Um, we do have two younger contracts. We I mentioned this a little earlier. Cam McCarr, six years, nine mil a year. Miro Haskinen, eight years, 67.6 mil a year. You got to think Adam Fox is probably going to get something along those lines. As is Charlie McAvoy whenever his contract's up. The younger defensemen are starting to get paid. Uh I mean, dude, it's so hard to pay somebody that much money a year, but like when they're that good, I kind of understand. Yeah, man. I I don't know. Like to me, it's hard. That's a that's just a ton of money. Like Haskinen's a really good defenseman. Doesn't that just seem like a ton for him though? Like this, oh, I guess he's, he's he was over a point per game in the Stanley Cup finals in the bubble. So like I think he's out. I think he, he's gonna be a Norris finalist for years. Like I yeah. I, I I'm a huge Miro Haskinen guy. Whenever whenever you see your team throw out a contract of that much money, it, it scares you. But I guess you're right. Like, at the end of the day, both contracts had to get done, and that's probably the value of both of them. You know what scared me is when you mentioned uh, smaller defensemen don't really last that long, and Adam Fox is pretty small, and you know he's about to get fucking paid. So Yeah, but Adam Fox doesn't really fit the same exact mold as, like, Ryan Ellis. I think Ryan Ellis is shorter. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, I know you're, you you're probably going to have $17 million tied up between him and Jacob fucking Truba. So, <laughs> that'll be sick. Uh, NHL draft. Real, before – oh, actually, we can save it. I was going to say, what did you think of the presentation? So, I guess, like, basically yeah. NHL – so, NHL Network's actually running the draft and then ESPN's just showing it, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's NHL production because it looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. That's, what, kinda, that's what NRD had to say. That's I'm, I'm like kind of, uh, I'm kind of disappointed because I was like excited for some new graphics. You know what I mean? Like mix it up a bit. Yeah. I what, what do you think about ESPN? Do you think they've been doing good with the people that they've had on? I don't know. I'm not really sold on their analysts yet. I think one guy you want to touch on, we can save him. But like, I, the one thing I'll say, John Buchagras didn't do as bad a job as I thought. But he did really good. Yeah, he was good. Um, Jeff Gordon's okay. Um, he has some good insight. He's just a little like uncomfortable at times. He's kind of like puts me on edge. Yeah. And I think I actually think Kevin Weeks has earned like a spot as a top analyst. You know what Kevin I mean? Weeks, like, Kevin Weeks is a fucking all star, dude. He's the quarter. He was the quarterback. Yeah. He was like the point guard. Like. He was the one, like, the ball ran through, I felt like, when I was watching the draft. So so good for him, right? I never really thought that, like, Weeksy was going to – he was always just kind of, like, fifth string NHL network, you know what I mean? And he yeah. really kind of climbed the ladder. So I don't I hate that. I thought he did great. I thought Weeks did great. And Emily Kaplan, I thought, did pretty decent too. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I guess it wasn't that bad. It just felt a little awkward at times. I don't know how to describe it. Well, that's just Jeff Gorin. He's just an awkward dude. <laughs> yeah. Love him, yeah. but he's just an awkward dude. Well, and we'll get into that here in a couple minutes. But NHL draft, Owen Power goes to Buffalo. Uh, Michigan, University of Michigan had the first, second, fourth, and fifth picks in the draft. You hated this. Because- yeah. 
Yeah, t- explain. This draft has to suck. I I will not. It either has to suck or because, like, scouts couldn't get different places and not everyone played, like, in traditional markets this year and they had to watch online, they couldn't scout. But Michigan was 15 and 10 this year. My, and my, had, only, my only argument with that is these kids are, what, 18 years old in D1 hockey – that's like 21 plus. That would be my only argument is they're playing against older people. Okay, but like, and I already, I said this in the chat, Jack Eichel went to the national championship when he was 17. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the star. And lit it up. Yeah, and he was a he was a second overall pick. And like, I don't know, man. Like so they looked good. Um, and the Hughes brother wasn't there last year. Just to me, like that top heaviness is weird. I'm also not a Wolverine guy. Uh, never have been. I don't know. You probably think it's sick. I feel like you're like a like a closeted Michigan Wolverine. Yeah, fan. no, I like Michigan, but you're right, dude. Like it, it's kind of backwards. Like, you have all these high end picks, and you would think that they would like rip it up, and they didn't rip it up. Right. I mean, maybe individually they did, but as a team, like that's got to be kind of like what the fuck's going on here? Did they just have like four really good players and everybody else sucked, or what do you think? What do you think about Jack Hughes and his brother and their celebration? That was just that was such a huge moment. I mean, yeah, but okay. So I've thought this. Haven't you thought it through though? Like, if that was you, you would be Jack that you were going to play with his brother. Yeah. The only thing is, like, Jack Hughes had to have known it was going to happen if he was available. One. Do you think the Devils like truly believed that the Hughes brother was the best one, or do you think they were locked and loaded for this regardless? Bro, I don't think he had any idea that was happening because there's no way he would have jumped up and down and like started like. Doing that, do you think they did it for him though? Yeah, like, do you think that was maybe he was the that, best? That, that definitely there? played a role in that. Also, how do you feel like Quinn Hughes kind of looked sad, like he was just kind of in the corner by himself? He's like, he's like, His oh. brothers kept hugging and shit, they're so jacked up. But, like, do you think there? Do you think there's part of Luke Hughes that's like, this is awesome? I get to it's obviously sick, he's gonna play with his older brother, uh, who's the face of the franchise. But it's also like, damn, like I have to go to New Jersey. You yeah, know? he's and, actually. Yeah. And it's too early to tell. But what family's cooler, the Hughes brothers or the Stahl brothers? I think the Hughes brothers have them in a landslide, and that's not even a compliment to the Hughes brothers. Okay. Fair Although enough. at the same time, like, do you think the do you think the Hughes brothers would ha- would like throw a party at the lake house and have the cops called, or was that the Stalls? That was the, so. That was the Stalls. Yeah, that was the Stalls. Like, do you think the Hughes brothers would do that? Do you think the Stahl brothers are more nails than the Hughes brothers? Probably. Yeah. I think I think the Hughes brothers think that they're nails, but I think the Stahl brothers actually probably partied. They probably ripped it up. Eric, Eric Stahl wears a fucking astronaut helmet, but like I bet that he probably partied pretty hard when he was younger. Mark's a donkey. Jordan? Jordan I don't know about Jordan. Jordan's just kind of a weirdo, too. I don't know. We're like – the. So I think the Stahl brothers are kind of just like weird where the Hughes brothers are definitely cooler, but like they just kind of give that like preppy cocky dickhead vibe to me. And I'm sure they're great kids, but like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they are crafted from a different cloth. They're, they're, they're crafted from like the U S national development program, superstar cloth. (laughs) Yeah. Like the Stahl brothers are crafted by tractor supply where the Hughes brothers are trapped. Like they're just vineyard vines. Yeah, true. Fair. That makes sense. Um, and then a couple other things. So Logan Mayu, I think I got his name right. This is a kid who had sex with a girl. It's consensual, but I don't know if he took a picture or a video and then like spread it out everywhere. And 
he made a statement saying, "I'm listen, I'm not worthy. Essentially, I'm not worthy of the draft. I kind of have to work on my my own kind of stuff." And I thought that was like a pretty mature thing. I don't know, mature, but like it was kind of refreshing to see somebody not just say that they're sorry, but actually like, "Oh, hey, I'm going to try to work on it." You don't really see that often. Normally, you just see somebody be like, "Oh, hey, I'm sorry," and that's it. But yeah. Bergman out of nowhere is like, "No, dude, I'm still going to pick you." And you knew that there was going to be backlash. Like the Canadians had to have known that people were going to be pissed off to do this, which makes me think the only reason you do this is this kid is like a can't miss prospect. But now people are all sorts of pissed. What do you have on this? My thing is, I I just don't understand. Like he, so he was like, I think Bob McKenzie had him as the thirty fifth prospect. Most teams were saying that they weren't going to draft him. I would be pissed if I was Montreal and I drafted him because like. Like, if Bergevin wanted to draft him and, like, felt like he could work with the kid and whatever, but, like, if he didn't do it in, like, the second or third round, he did it in the first round when he probably definitely, if he wanted to do this, got him later or signed him. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just you're it right. like a waste of a pick to me. Yeah, you're so correct there because I don't think anybody would have taken him in this draft. You could have picked him with, like, the last pick of the NHL draft this year and been like, hey, listen, like, we understand he made a mistake. We like the fact that he kind of came out and said, like, hey, this is what's going on. But, like, us as an organization, we're willing to work with him. We're willing to get him help. Like, we're willing him to, like, get in, get into, like, the communities and, like, talk about it and say, like, this, this is wrong. And, like, I'm trying to improve as a person kind of a thing. The first-round pick, I guess, dude, I didn't think of it that way. That was just kind of like a giant slap in the face of, I guess, the situation that was happening. Yeah, just, like, that's, like, asset awareness. I don't know, like – Bergevin's really feeling himself right now. I, I, you love Bergevin. You're heavy on the Bergevin train. I what I am too, but I feel like he's almost a little too self-aware right now with his like hot hand wild card maneuvers. Yeah, that was kind of wild. And then, so that was a bad look for the NHL. And then an even worse look for the NHL is the next pick that was up was Stan Bowman, and he and he brought up eight women to do the thing, almost kind of like, oh hey, we know we're bad PR right now. We're gonna try to get it better, but like that was the most obvious thing ever. So I, it, it, dude, what, what a moment for NHL, like the last five minutes of just like, Hey, we're really happy to be on ESPN. Now let's kind of go to the gutter for our last two moments tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was, that was kind of a wild move, dude. Taught, I, I don't really, I don't know what to say about this other than it's like a tough look for the Blackhawks. And it feels like, I don't I like I don't know what the correct answer is and like I don't know what they did and I really haven't been following it that much but it just seems like the Chicago Blackhawks have literally handled this worse than anyone's ever handled anything in the entire world. I don't think you're wrong on that. But right, you know what I mean? Like do you I don't know. Like as a player would that like rattle you a little bit that like your franchise is dealing with this and like they seem like they're blowing it consistently? Yeah, and you try to be positive by doing yeah. That was right, and then when they do that, it's like a I don't know. It's almost I like, don't they know. Face. like they weren't taking it serious. Yeah, I agree with that. So I yeah, I'm right. prepared to talk about those things. All right, Ra- Rangers news, dude. Uh they traded Brett Howden to the Vegas Golden Knights for Nick D. Simone in a fourth round pick. Brett Howden never panned out the way he was supposed to pan out. It wasn't lack of effort. I just don't think he's a strong enough skater to be in the NHL. He's kind of like Bambi legs all the time, but Thanks for trying, Brett. Uh, they went out and they signed Barkley Goodrow six years, $3.6 million a year. Uh, 
to me, I don't hate it. And the only reason I don't hate it is because they had issues that they had to address. And I think that they went out and addressed them. And I'm going to include the other one that we can talk about both. They also traded uh, Pavel Buchnevich to St. Louis for Sammy Blay in a second rounder. So to me right now, you look at the Rangers and you look at their top six. I think maybe the second line center as of right now is Ryan Strom. You have Mika Zibanejad. You have Artemi Panarin, 100%. Chris Kreider has to be because of the contract you gave him. And then you have the first overall pick and the second overall pick who both play the wings. There's six people right there, right? It's hard to – it's weird because it's hard to say you're going to pay Pavel Buchnevich this money to be a third liner, but you literally just did that with Barkley Goudreau. But what they're doing is they're trying to solidify those bottom two lines, and I completely understand it. I think when Gorton was there, they just wanted to roll four lines of nothing but talent. The fourth line hasn't had an identity in years. And I think right now they're just trying to bring in other people. Like if you look at the games that the Rangers have lost, it's because Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin got shut down and then everybody else kind of got walked over. Like as an NHL team, you need your bottom six to grind. You need your bottom six to wear the other teams down and contribute. And whether it's a big hit, getting momentum, sticking up for teammates, penalty killing, like I understand why talent, everybody's obsessed with it because that's scoring goals and you, you win hockey games by scoring more goals than the other team, but there's a lot more that go into a game than just that. So to me, the Barkley Gaudreau thing, they had to give him that contract. Otherwise, he would have went somewhere else, and I get that. I'm hoping this is a contract that's bought out. Actually, I hope it's not. I hope he fucking kills it for six years, and we're not even pissed about this at all. Likelihood of that happening, probably not that great. He'll probably get the Brad Richards. See you later. All right. So, but hold on. Barthy Goudreau, I kind of looked into his stuff. He's won two cups. I know he's not Blake Coleman, and I know he played on a line with Blake Coleman and Yanni Gord. Totally get it. But he can penalty kill. He's above 50% at the dot, which is something the New York Rangers struggle with bad. He sticks up for his teammates. He, he I don't want, I want to consider him a rat, but he definitely plays a hard nosed game when he's on the ice. He's going to finish his checks. List of guys that he's fought. He's fought Matt Martin, both the Ritchie brothers, Martinuk, Lucic, Adam Ernie, who's not anywhere near that, but he he's willing. And he's not like a big dude. He's like 6'1", 6'2", but he's not like that giant, much, like big-ass dude. And then you get Sammy Blay, who another big guy. He's like a wrecking ball. He hits everything. He's won a cup. So you brought in two guys that have won cups that obviously they weren't the guys scoring all the goals during the cup runs, but they, they did play a role in those cup runs. They know what it takes to get it done. And to me, I just think the Rangers had too much talent on the first two lines to like, you need to have these role guys. And I understand people are going to be pissed about the contracts. And I understand people are going to be pissed that Pavel Buchnevich left, but I think their bottom two lines right now, if we're going to try to go for the, the typical bottom two lines in the NHL, they're better now than what they were before. Bottom two lines wise, top two lines. It's up in the air. If Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere come out and they play how they were supposed to in terms of where they were drafted. This is a non-issue, but they haven't done that yet because they're young. So I'm okay with it. I know that you hate the Goudreau contract. I don't know how you are with the Sammy Blay thing, but take it away, Hal. Let, let, yeah, Sammy Blay, I'm fine. I think Barkley Goudreau contracts are one of the worst contracts I've ever seen. Uh, it's not really the years, right? Because the last couple of years of the contract, there's a minimal cap hit. It's like year two, three, and four, or whatever it is. Or, or I think it's three and four. He's making like five million a year. $5.1 million of a cap hit that Barkley Goudreau is exactly what the Rangers need. Um, and he does fit the role well, but 
the Tampa Bay Lightning won two cups with Barkley Goudreau with him making nine hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, right. not five point one million dollars. Right. You look at you look at the New York Rangers. Mika's up at the end of the year. Strom's up at the end of the year. Probably not going to be able to keep them both, right? Mm-hmm. Then next year they have to re-sign Kratzoff and Kako. <laughs> So if they actually play well like you want them to, like they need to, they're going to get paid a ton. You have to re-sign Adam Fox next year. Shesterkin's about to get a contract. You have a you have a lot of young players you have to sign. You have contracts like Truba at eight million a year. You have Chris Kreider who has a no move, no trade at the end of his like three years. And then you throw this contract in there. I just think it's going to fuck you guys. Like it's to me in the reason. It reminds me of when the Bruins signed Matt Bolesky, and I'm not comparing the players, but I'm comparing the fact that in order for the Bruins to lose Matt Bolesky's ridiculous contract, they had to trade the Rangers' Ryan Lindgren. Like, so it's going to fuck you guys some way. That's just my thought on that. I know it feels an immediate hole, but I just thought it was a reach. I think I think the Sammy Blay move is fine, and I liked Buchnevich. You really changed my mind on him. He's a good player. I think he'll be good for St. Louis. But I think I think you hit it on the head there. I'm okay with them moving play because they need more bottom six players, not top, and they get a draft picked out of it. So I was cool with that trade. I just do you get what I'm saying? I just the Gucci yeah. contract is kind of weird to me the way it's yeah. structured. But you would agree that he's a great fit for what the Rangers need right now. So take the contract out and just give me the player. Yeah, I guess. I mean. Yeah, he because he can stick up for his teammates. Does Barkley Goudreau scare me? No, no, no. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that he's been brought in to scare people. I think that he's been brought in to play the game hard, and if the team needs somebody, he's there for it. Yeah, I don't know. Good luck, dude. I I think. I think the worst thing. The worst thing that's happened is they came out and said that Brendan Smith's not going to be a New York Ranger next year, and that that chaps my ass, dude. Like, can I have a little Brendan Smith time, real quick? Sure, too. Go ahead. We we brought Brendan Smith in. from the Red Wings. He played a hell, hell of a playoff series. They signed him to a big deal. He got married, kind of lost his way, went down, punched Vinny Letary in the face, broke his hand, came back, played on the fourth line for a couple years, and then became a defenseman again. He did everything that the Rangers ever asked him to do. Do you think Brendan Smith wanted to fight Tom Wilson? No, but he knew that he had to because somebody on the team had to do it. To me, Brendan Smith was like the ultimate ranger, and it was weird because you know how big I was on Matt Zuccarello. And like Matt Zuccarello is obviously my favorite player of all time, but when I needed a favorite player after him, it was Smitty every single time. It was endearing. Like, yeah, he would make turnovers and he would do shit, but you never once questioned his effort. He was so for the fucking boys. It was insane. He'd show up to golf events with five different suits. There was just so many different things that Brendan Smith that brought to the table where it was like, fuck, man. Like, I think if he wasn't in the NHL and he was from Saratoga, like, we'd probably be best friends. I'm going to miss the guy. And I hope that he goes somewhere and is given a role. Maybe he goes to Boston. I mean, he could kind of be a Boston Bruin. He might not play a lot, but, like, that could be something. Because I know you guys need a defenseman. Maybe you sign him cheap. I kind of think maybe he goes to Vegas and plays with his brother. I don't know. But what if he, what if he goes to the Caps? <laughs> No, he won't go to the Caps. What but, if he does, dude? I mean, prepare yourself. What if he's on the Islanders or the Devils? Is your tone of Smitty going to change, or will you always appreciate him? I'll always appreciate Brendan Smith. For what he brought to the table, dude, when nobody – how nobody on the Rangers would have fought Tom Wilson other than Brendan Smith. And to me, that's nuts on the table. Like, he'll always have my respect. I might get his jersey anyway, even then he's not on the team. Like, that's how much I appreciate what he's brought to the boys in blue. So – Head on a stool for Brendan Smith appreciation blog. That's going to be out coming out soon. A um, couple other real quick things. 
uh, Gorton and JD were on the uh, the draft and within the first five minutes, that was kind of heavy. I thought Gorton did a pretty good job. Uh, when the Rangers drafted their pick, he he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I heard a rumor out there that the Rangers are trying to play harder." I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but I thought he did good. I, I have a pet peeve. Everyone who freaks out about any pick outside of the first round, like guys, you don't watch fucking SHL games at three o'clock in the morning. Like chill the fuck out. They're scouts and they're scouts for a reason. I was confused about the Eichel thing. I think everybody's confused about the Eichel thing. Like, I don't think he plays another game for the, for the Sabres, but you would have thought that they would have wanted to get like draft picks. Cause this is the last year. So if they don't move him this year, next year, if they try to move him, he has a no move clause. So he's going to kind of dictate where he goes. Uh, there's still rumors out about him currently, but I don't know. I have that's that's my Eichel thing. I still, it's tough to bring Eichel in when you're paying Barkley Goodrow five million a year. Yeah, you're not wrong. No, it's three three point six AAV. Um, okay, but uh, their first pick, Brennan Othman. I was confused. Remember, I said there was no way they were going to use their pick. They used their pick. Classic. I was hoping you guys. I was really hoping you guys picked that American named Chaz. Chaz I just wanted the Rangers to have a guy named Chaz. Yeah. Uh, their first overall pick, he's described as a wrecking ball who can score. This is what Chris Drury had to say. We're excited he was there. Our scouts describe him as a Swiss Army Life kind of player, can play both wings, can play up and down the lineup, knows how to play a 200-foot game. We're excited to bring him into the mix. And, I mean, this is just WHL. Jaden Gruby, 17-year-old captain from Red Deer, 6'3 center, towards ACL. I fucking love that. He's back in the fold. <laughs> Ryder Korchak, he played you for the love, you. Can we stop? You love that your second round pick, sa- sa- third round pick. We didn't have a second. You love round that pick. your third round pick tore his ACL. That's a plus for you. Perseverance. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Ryder Korzak from WHL Moose. I think Moose Jaw Warriors. They drafted a ton of WHL guys. Brody Lamb, high school player out of Minnesota. I think he had eighty-seven points in twenty-three or twenty-four games. Goal scorer. The quote that I've seen for all these Minnesota high school hockey like fans, because like there's like an account that has all these followers, they knew he'd be an NHL prospect. Love hearing that out of a kid from Minnesota. Uh, Kale Vis, I don't know, TPS Finnish kid. They love drafting people out of TPS. And then they also got a 6'8 goalie from the WHL and the Americans. Uh, that's kind of what I had. I don't really hate this draft. I'm interested to see how Brennan Offman's going to do. Uh, one thing that kind of was a little bit weird, the pick after Offman, it was a centerman on the same team that Lafreniere was on, and he centered Lafreniere. And I'm wondering why they wouldn't have just picked that kid to see if there was anything there still. Maybe Lafreniere didn't want him. Isn't that weird? Do you think they asked? They had to have asked him about him. I would say they would, yeah. I don't know how much they weigh Lafreniere's, like, word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe that's Drury saying, like, I called the shots, like, we're not going to have a jackpot. Isn't like, that kind of weird, though? Like, literally the next pick was that kid. So I thought Maybe that they was- just Yeah, I guess they just didn't like him as much. Maybe they thought he was a product. They thought he was a product of Lafreniere. Yeah, I don't – yeah, but, I mean, they fucking ripped it up. I don't know. But overall, I know a lot of Rangers fans are pissed off, but, I mean, we still have Nils Lundqvist. We have Braden Schneider. Uh, I mean, we have – Kratzov only played a few games, and he looks sick. I still think – I mean, the Rangers have a lot of top-end talent, so it's not like we're t- chasing after these top-end talent guys. We're just kind of waiting for them to be ready and, like, do it. So that's kind of what I have on the Rangers. What do you have on the bees, bud? Not a lot. I'll make this quick. Uh, Taylor Hall re-signed four years, six million a year. Like the deal. It's short enough. I can live with it. He's like 32. I think he probably could have gotten more on the open market. Brandon Carlos, six years at 4.1 mil. I like that re-signing. I think that's fair. He's 
he's our second pair defenseman and like we're better in, when he's in the lineup um six years i love that if he can stay healthy that'll be awesome and the bruins drafted fabian lysel out of uh sweden his he, i thought he had arguably fever boy rex was talking about this the funniest thing is when your team drafts a guy and the nhl draft and then they just show highlights of him like dumping it in or making a good breakout pass this fabian kid had highlights and he was <laughs> um but apparently he has character issues uh ked was telling me he's kind of a swedish rock star situation going on Don Sweeney, I looked it up, said everyone grows. He's young. Um, I like it, dude. I mean, we got Pasternak like 23rd overall. He fell uh, in his draft year. This kid fell in his draft year. He's highly skilled. The Bruins always end up drafting some American fourth-line grinder from the National Development Program. So they did it. They listened to me. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Like, I don't even know if he'll work out. If it's a bust, I'll live with it because this is what I wanted the Bruins to do. We have – no prospects, and I finally have someone I can get excited about. He his highlight package was fucking sick. Do you remember a couple years ago? Uh, was it last year? The Blue Jackets drafted that Russian kid, and everybody was scrambling to figure out who the fuck they picked. That was last year, yeah. Oh my god! Thank God it wasn't that. And his name's Fabian, dude. Like, yeah, Fabian and Pasta are gonna be ripping up Boston, dude. It's gonna be sick. I wonder if Brownie has to say maybe I'll shoot him a text in a little bit. But uh, I'm yeah, good with the Taylor Hall contract. I, I mean, that's serviceable, dude. Like, you have four of your top six there for a while. Oh. oh six years at 4.1? Wait, yeah. He's not making six million. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's fair. He's, he's a top our, four defenseman, right? Yeah. He's our he's our second pair right D behind uh, McAvoy. Like, plays his job well. He's not flashy, but I'm cool with that. Would you rather have Carlo or Ryan Lindgren on your team? At this at this point, I think Carlo is a little more proven. But I, I could actually honestly see them being very simple. Like, because I think I think Lindgren just signed a three year three mil, and to me, I think Lindgren's like a top four too. So I, I'm okay with four point one. And yeah. like, I think that's good. wait for six years too. Like that's not bad, right? Because he's like twenty three. So. Yeah, that's a good yeah. deal. The other thing I did I forgot to write down. I'll just say quickly. Uh, Kevin Miller retired. That one sucks. Always injured. Felt bad for him. I think his his last real kind of like experience in the playoffs was that fucking hit. I forget who threw it on him. Whatever. Uh, it sucks, man. He he fought. He brought toughness to the lineup. He loves to hunt with Marshan. Good dude. California guy. I don't know. I'll miss Kevin Miller undrafted. You know, just like he's kind of he was very similar to like I guess the Smitty role. He took when and he really did a good job when we lost Adam McQuaid. At the end of his career, he became Adam McQuaid for us. Yeah, but Killer was actually a killer. Smitty's not a killer, dude. Smitty's a softie. But I get what you're saying. And yeah. I love that he came from nowhere. Like, I, those are always good, feel-good stories. I think Dan Girardi probably had a little bit of a better career than him. But, like, same kind of thing. Undrafted, came out of fucking nowhere, and then you kind of have that homegrown talent there. And it, to me, like, I would much rather have, like, an undrafted homegrown guy than, like, some big-name free agent come in and kind of do well. You know what I mean? Like – that that's that good shit so yeah no oh one real quick thing because i follow this scout um online which is really weird he, he he tweeted one day basically that he watched kevin miller went to berkshire prep school and he watched him play and he wrote zero notes on kevin miller he said the other thing this is your draft was it offman yep offman is a scorer works hard heavy but you keep going back to that big release and the points he racked up with shane wright on the Don Mills flyer. So he played with a superstar in the past, too. Where's that kid from? Offman? 
Uh, yes, Pickering, Pickering, Ontario. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was cool to hear that. Like, so your draft pick grew up with like a superstar. Lit it yeah. Off. And dude, when he was when he was interviewed, he mentioned like Capo and Lafreniere. He's like, yeah, they're pretty good. If they can get me the puck, I think I can put it in the back of the net. Jesus <laughs> so at least he knows his fucking role. You know. Cocky. Yeah, but like at the same time, he's not yeah. he's out there dangling. He's like, I'll he he, pre- he pretty much told the media, "Hey, I'm completely willing to just sit back door." Yeah, true. Which I mean, that's like, Kiefer Bellows effect, dude. Just kidding. He's hopefully he's better than Kiefer fucking Bellows, dude. Uh, and that was our Rangers Bruins talk. We only have one more segment. Uh, Dominic Morris here is in zeros. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just gonna take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. All right, heroes and zeros time. I'm just going to go quick with my heroes. They're both analysts. Bob McKenzie, he wasn't on for the first time. I think it was like 18 fucking years. Don't you worry about the Bob father pick for pick was calling each one of them. I just love the fact like, do you think it's like if you become an NHL GM, like there's all these rules and regulations. And then the last rule is, is like, no matter who you pick, you have to tell Bob McKenzie before you do it. Maybe, dude. I don't know. I think I, I seemed like he was having fun with it too, right? It wasn't oh, like he's having a great time, dude. Like, I'll, I'll never forget Oliver Wallstrom was on the board. Everybody thought the Rangers were going to pick him. And then, right before the Rangers walked up, Bob McKenzie goes, Be prepared for the Rangers to go off the board to rush if Vitaly Kratzov's the name. And then they pick Kratzov, and it's like, So Bob McKenzie knows exactly what's going on. It's pretty funny, too, that like if Bob McKenzie calls his shot, it's like wholesome. But when Frank Saravelli does it, it's like, Shut up, Frank. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna throw him in here too. I have three heroes. Frank Saravelli, man. Like that guy just took a giant dump on ESPN. He did not give a fuck. Like it was his world. Everybody was living in it. And for the year that Bob McKenzie goes away, and it's like, okay, it's Frank's time to shine. Is he like a premier insider now? Is he trying to be like Woj? I don't know, dude. I don't really have a good answer for that. It kind of felt that way. I mean, it was definitely his coming out party. Um yeah, I don't really hate him either. Like that happened with the Vegas expansion draft too. Um, you can get back to your other hero. I'll actually go. I'll just throw out my zero. It actually is expansion drafts. They always seem like yeah. they're going to be way more exciting than they are. Like sometimes the trades. There was no trades this year, but the f- last time trades leading up and during was exciting. But you know who's getting picked. It's a boring presentation. They try to make it cool. I'm happy we're at 32 teams. Don't have to deal with it again. Hopefully. Bro, why do you even put on TV if everybody knows what the fuck's happening? That's what I'm saying. They should have just called it. And then the one guy was like, and with the first pick for the Carolina Panthers, it's like, dude. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Who was the GM who almost choked last night making a pick? Uh, oh, Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. For the yeah. yeah, Fever Boy Rex is like, this poor guy's about to pass out. Oh, my God. He was struggling. I hadn't seen anyone struggle with that bad since you remember that guy? That went viral after that one Super Bowl. He was like a Ford dealership. Like he was the guy who gave away like the MVP's car. It was like a Ford dealership guy from like Kansas City, and he like shit his pants. Very similar vibes there. I didn't even know that it happened. All right, and then I only have one more hero, Sam Cos, Sam Cosentino. I don't know where the fuck this guy came from, but he seems very knowledgeable of what's going on, and he rocks a sick mustache. So, to me, I think that's kind of a, a good look. Like, he was very well-spoken. Do you think so? I don't think I'm a Cosentino guy yet. I don't know why. I know he came over from uh, – I think he's from, like, Rogers or Sportsnet or whatever. It's actually a goatee. It's just super okay. thin. I just looked it up. I thought it was a mustache, too, but apparently that's a goatee. Does that change your mind at all, or is it kind of 
I mean, oh. dude, you don't you don't see that type of work anymore. Like, I'm good with it. And he has he has the slick back hair. He always has a nice suit. I'm looking at him right now. He's got a nice suit on. Like, I feel like he I would get dinner with him and drink some beers, and I feel like he'd be kind of a fun dude to hang out with. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I already have the feeling. I think I'm going to be a TNT guy. Okay. <laughs> Just going to throw that one out there. Oh, did, you see, did you see Brian Boucher's kid got drafted? Yeah, I had no idea that was his kid. That was cool to see. Everyone knows I'm a Boucher guy. And I forgot he is working at ESPN, but fucking there were, crazy. There are a lot of little things. Like Kirby Doc's brother got drafted by the Blackhawks. There are a lot of uh, Shane Doan picked his kid for the Coyotes second round. I was hoping the Rangers got him because if that kid's anything like his dad, that's a fucking huge pick. How much fun do you think Shane Doan's kid's going to have at Arizona State playing hockey? Oh, man. Yeah, but like from Phoenix? Not that fun. Not that much fun because all – not that he won't have fun, but from all accounts, like, Shane Doan's, like, the ultimate human being. And if, like, that guy's anything like his dad, like, I don't really think he's going to be worrying about partying. Like, I think he's going to be worried about making it to the NHL. I don't know, bro. Like, I feel like Shane Doan is the ultimate human being, but I feel like if you hang out with Paul Bissonnette as much as he does, like, (laughs) he has to have, like, a little bit of a wild side. You know what I mean? It always – whenever you hear them talk about stories of Coyotes, it always sounds like it was, like, Yandel and, like, Doan and Bissonnette hanging out and, like, knowing the other two. Like, Shane Doan has to be a little fucking kooky. Yeah, I remember we went to Christian. Remember the – um. The rink that was like you at like on the national USA Day or whatever, and they showed that rink up in Northville out by my house. We went and skated there. A guy's name's Christian, really nice guy. And before we got there, there was like only one rule, and it was that you couldn't swear. And I remember like going over and being like, "Oh, so I'm going to Shane Doan's house because like that's something <laughs> that Shane Doan doesn't swear." Yeah, dude. I don't know. I just looked it up too. I I don't know if this is, this is pretty irrelevant, but jackson needham is this a there's a niedermeyer son on arizona state too scott niedermeyer's sons on arizona state too so there's lacking up racking up legend sons and didn't didn't mario amuse kid play there i don't know he might have there's i i couldn't tell you to be honest i want i want to say i'm pretty sure about that there you go oh oh, you guys seventh round you picked andre gasso uh usa u18 team 42 games 12 goals 15 assists you guys love that program Six four two oh five. There you go. Did um, we do it well? Yeah, I'm just looking. Do you have a hero? We're we just gonna end it. I'm good with ending it if you're down. My hero, my hero, my hero of the week was this week of hockey. Good week of hockey. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. And then we're gonna have free agent frenzy coming up. Uh, I, I think we're gonna try to do an award show. We do, we have some we have some podcasts in the works. So and once we get Brownie hooked up with Biz Dev, and if anybody else listening to this wants to be a part of the Morning Skate team, let us know. Again, it's like. Like literally like two to four emails a week trying to get people to come on our shit. We'll give you the media kit. It's really not that hard. But uh, that's what I had. You anything else? That's it, dude. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, right? Enjoy the summer. Maybe an awards show coming soon. Yeah, absolutely, guys. We will talk to you guys soon.